What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Flip Flop Guy podcast. I'm Andy Mokel, and I'll be your host. Our goal is to have epic conversations with people from all walks of life. There are no talking points that are off the table. It's going to get wild. We hope our guests inspire and motivate you to walk with purpose as we trudge the road of human existence. Enjoy the show. So what would you say is your favorite part of Top Gun? <laughs> oh, man. Volleyball. I, the, the first scene's the best one, I think. Yeah. When he goes inverted. Yeah. That's the best. That's, that's true. And for you, it's the volleyball. Why the volleyball? <laughs> yeah, come on. I mean, it's a bunch of naked-ass dudes yeah. on the beach. Yeah, I know. I take that. Yo, back. wait Jeez. a minute. This is public information. <laughs> Let me recant my statement. Oh. Um. McGillis. Yeah, McGillis. All right. All right. What a great soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Seriously. What is it about that movie? It's so nostalgic. Amazing? Yeah. Because it's like 1986. Mm -hmm. Like when the new one comes out and that song plays, people are going to freak out, I think. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I think that that would sell out movie theaters. Oh. That's why they waited, right? Yeah, I think so. Were they going to drop it during coronavirus? Yeah, it was like supposed to come out. Really? Right when it's all started. So they they just pulled it and were like, nope, we're going to wait. Yeah. Really? I didn't even know that. I didn't know it was coming out like right now. They were, yeah, their previews were on TV and stuff. But it's really funny. And what are we, like four months into coronavirus? Since at first, I think since at first was like in Asia, right? Where we were hearing about it, but we weren't really. Well, when it first came out in Asia, there were like massive riots all over the place and civil unrest and like. It's one of those things that you always hear about that kind of stuff. There's been, like, so many, yeah, like, bird flus and stuff, and you're like, oh, that's crazy. Swine flu. Yeah, but you never really think that, you know, it's going to hit you at home and change, shut your business down for two Did it months. shut you guys down? Oh, yeah. We were shut down. Two months, nothing. Really? Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty crazy. And how badly did that affect you guys? I mean, I mean, two months off is a lot. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, thankfully, we we got, you know, into the PPP thing and, and that kind of stuff carried us through it. But, um, yeah, I mean, we had stuff booked out for, you know, pretty much into two months. And they're just... And then will you get those contracts back or are they just um, so Yeah, a lot of it just got pushed, yeah, you pushed know. Out. Yeah, the good thing about what we do is we still... We're still needed. They need our assets to sell their product. A lot of Obviously. brands, you know. So we've we've been able to be kind of quickly brought back in. Yeah. As everyone else is reopening, but um, yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's terrible time, you know. I mean, a lot of people. I mean, Ryan's wife, her business, it's shut down for the you know probably the rest of the year, right? Yeah, just a corporate event scene, you know, like has been pretty tough, and so. And we both have kids, like, you know, a lot of people. and had. To, you guys are both dads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Had to adjust to that, like, bringing the kids home from, like, basically when school stopped. And I have four. He has two. Um, so we were homeschooling three kids and, you know, no work. And Yeah, you go, you go from working full-time to full-time teacher overnight. It's pretty. <laughs> I kind of have wondered cuz I don't I mean obviously I don't have kids. Yeah. So I've kind of wondered what has that transition been like? Oh, it's it's really hard up for me cuz you're not I mean, your whole world kind of is your kids are not they they act a different way at school with a teacher than they are with you at home, you know. They're Absolutely. One, I think they know. give less fucks when they're with their parents. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. They like, know that that they can push back a little bit which they would never do that they're at not school. Gonna get, yeah. You know, they There's no principle. Yeah. It's like, "No, do your reading now. No, I want to watch one more show or, you know, they're yeah. going to push back against well, you different, Yeah, different kids just learn differently and my oldest son, he just locked in and would get his Zoom meetings done and get all that stuff done. And my second, um, who's nine, he just, he's an outdoors kid that just wants to go. And so to say, hey, you need to lock into a computer for two hours, he's, he just could, he was like melting down. Like, I don't want to do this, I, you know, just over it. And so 
it's a tough time and we would just make you know some days we'd be on and be like no you know what you gotta lock in just as a discipline model of doing it and then other days we're like you know what we're gonna scratch it we're gonna go to the beach healthier for the family to get out and um you know we did our part where we tried to quarantine and stay in but we did our best to still get out and get to spots where we could let the kids run around and do all that you know so, so would you take them to parks or uh no all the parks were shut down so oh, i mean geez. it was just beaches because you guys are down in southern california yeah. la yeah. los angeles area yeah and is that are you guys both native to that or did you guys end up there i grew up actually on the central coast of california so um like san luis Obispo, you know that area we I, I grew up in a small town called santa maria but then i i moved down south um when i was probably like 19 or something like that mm-hmm. and how old are you now 36 i think okay <laughs> where'd you to move the age to where i have that question um i moved to newport beach okay yeah because I, I moved down to la when i was 21 oh, so cool. i lived yeah. in hollywood and ball yeah yeah <laughs> hollywood. I, moved in. I took you to hollywood uh music okay. music industry i didn't i didn't know, i was never in a band or, yeah. or anything like that but i helped bands with social media back then which was myspace and yeah. uh did some stuff oh cool tour a lot vans warp tour and yeah a bunch of other film industry i was involved a little bit in the film industry and all kinds of stuff like that yeah yeah but, luckily we're we are it, People think of like, oh, you're down in L.A. or something. It's a totally different. Uh, it's a good. It's a good little city that we're in. It's gonna. Great. Yeah, we're in Costa Mesa. So. Yeah, Costa Mesa is beautiful. Yeah. yeah, absolutely beautiful. It's got a cool. It's got a cool group of creatives, and um, it's yeah, it's a good spot for sure. Well, and I've heard too. Um, even up in like the Hollywood area, you know, the east side is is actually becoming more of like a family friendly neighborhood yeah compare it like when i lived down there it was like gangs and yeah you know rough streets and like you know messed up stuff yeah which is kind of crazy some pockets now there i mean even like pasadena and stuff that's pretty like mellowed out mellow families yeah. now i mean there's still some rough areas but a lot of the a lot of areas have polished up for sure you know uh-huh and cleaned up I that's think. crazy so yeah. What brought you guys down there? Wait, where did you say you grew um, up? I, I grew think up I in Southern that. California. Okay. So, um, I, yeah, born and raised there. And um going to be 38 next week, Friday. Really? Yeah. And where, where down there did you grow up about? I um, grew up in Irvine and uh, bounced around quite a bit. I was kind of a troubled kid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've been sober for 15 uh, years, so trust yeah. me, I know all about being a troubled youth. Yeah, so I was um, pretty much kind of out of the house from when I was 13 till I was 18. Oh wow! Um, so, okay, so you were reckless. Yeah, it was it was, it was pretty rough years then, um, but kind of got it all in order and uh, met my wife and started having kids and yeah, turned it around. And that kind of is what helped turn it around for you? Or? Yeah. 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 That's crazy. What, uh, I mean, I'm sure you don't want to go too public about stuff, but like, were you just like drinking and partying and, um, you know, I think there was a lot just, just, uh, with my parents and my mom and just family issues, you know, butting mm-hmm. heads, um, that I'm sure everyone's had that, but mine was pretty aggressive. I was, I was adopted when I was really young, but, um, and then they had three girls and I'm not saying anything of that had to do with it, but there was just some family stuff there that didn't click and mm-hmm. I just rebelled against it. And I think Irvine wasn't really where I was maybe meant to be or something. I don't know. Yeah. And so it, I, I didn't feel like really a part of that city. And, um, I mean, it's a great spot to raise kids and stuff if you live down there and you want to, but for me it was, I just didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And so I pushed back and went to the streets pretty much, you know. Yeah. So. Grinded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, my parents never kicked me out and I never, I didn't leave the house. And I mean, they kicked me out when I was 18. Yeah. Uh, and we're kind of like, hey, get the fuck out of our lives. We're going to change the door locks. We don't want anything to do with you. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, 
So I can relate to that, you know, yeah. a little bit. No, mine's very similar. Yeah. You know, I had a mattress in the garage that I'd come back to and stuff because they same like they're like you're not allowed in the house. You yeah. Know? So. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Crazy how that kind of stuff can shape your life, and then. Um, really set the tone, especially going through it, coming through it, and then being turned around and having, you know, lived through it on the other side. I know for me, it gives me a lot more compassion and empathy when I'm dealing with people uh -huh. in my everyday life. And because and, you never know what someone's been through, where they come from, what kind of hard road they've had yeah. um, in order to get to where they are. Yeah. You know, and uh, I think that it's, I don't want to say that it's commendable, but I think that the character and and uh, quality that it can build in a human being is, you know, it's unparalleled to so many other people that maybe never have to walk through any of that kind of stuff. Because mm -hmm. it's, you know, I mean, for me, for example, um, and I just relate to myself because that's how I relate, I guess. Um, you know, like there's so many times when I can turn around and look at my life and say, I've, I've been through hell. Yeah. I know I've, I've trudged that. I know what that's like. And it sounds like you could probably relate to that and yeah. having turned around and then being able to have the admiration for your kids and you know, the life that you're building now and everything that you have going on now is like full circle to how much reward and benefit of having what you know trudged that road yeah you know that's that's pretty remarkable it 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 feels like a different life kind of like when you, you at least i look back at all that you know and, and i'm like so grateful and so thankful and just i mean where we're even at right now and mm -hmm. we're in this hunting cabin and on a hunt with some of my best friends and uh, meeting you guys it's just man like i if you would ask me 15 years ago where I would have saw, saw myself, it would definitely not have been here. You know? For um, sure. So. All of 20 years old, you know, 21 yeah. years old, probably still running and gunning and yeah. turning and burning, man. So, yeah, I'm stoked to be here. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, what brings us all here, obviously, is the passion and the love for the outdoors, um, which for both of you is kind of a new thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, you guys are relatively new to hunting and, and kind of wanting to explore that side. Yeah. Totally. So what has that been like? Yeah. We'll go ahead and yeah. start, it, start I mean, with you. It, it, I don't even think if you asked us a few years ago that if we would be hunting, we would. It was just if it's one of those things that if you don't grow up doing it, like we grew up or I grew up on the beach. So we grew up surfing. The ocean was our playground. Like that's like. Spearfishing and diving or? Yeah. So that's what kind of led us here was, you know, I never even thought twice because I didn't, it's like, how do you get into hunting? You, you just, you just don't, there's so many of these variables that you, if you don't know anyone that hunts, it's pretty hard to, to like get there alone, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm kind of jumping, I guess ahead, but yeah, we got, needless to say, we got in really into spearfishing a couple of years ago. Um, and just had a blast doing that, you know, just being in the ocean and, um, we were all in, you know, hundred <laughs> percent as you do, you know? And then, uh, after a while you start realizing, you know, if I run it, if we want to shoot big fish, we need a nice boat and <laughs> all these, these obstacles, you know, we're like, man, it'd be great just to be able to go, go out, you know, not have to drive a boat to Catalina <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean but um I've been friends with Don since college you know and I knew he hunted and stuff like that so yeah and Don for the record is passed out in the other room right yeah, now yeah sleeping um <laughs> if he comes out here I'm definitely gonna mic him up yeah for sure <laughs> but I always knew he hunted and stuff so we would chat you know he would always send me pictures of his bucks and stuff that he shot and um I think I just started, we just, it was like a weird transition where we were, you know, there were some spearfishing guys that also bow hunted. I'm like talking to Don, I was like, do, do you bow hunt? You know, he was like, yeah, you know, I could take you out, but you kind of need to be practicing, dude. <laughs> like just totally naive, you know, like, do you got a bow I can borrow? You know, like, let's do it. 
and he's like, yeah, he's like the nicest, Kinda, nicest like, guy ever. Like, like he's really. not gonna shut you down totally, but he's like, you know, you might have a little more fun on your first one rifle hunting. You know, you might need. <laughs> but needless to say, I just was like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna commit, go all in. So I bought a bow, mm-hmm. and then I just fell in love with shooting bows. You know, it's just like was a great thing a meditative thing that i could do you know that made me present in the moment got and now me were you guys doing this together at the same time because you guys both run a business yeah. together yeah. no we well, kind of said we both kind of like decided like we should segue into this you know like let's do it and um my father-in-law he's a cowboy like um my wife's dad they grew up in arizona and he you know they grew up with horses he cattle um and so he just me and him always talked and he he hunted a little bit he's he was a pilot and he would fly planes into uh alaska um he would be the pilot that would fly the guides and drop off the crew down there and stuff and so bush pilot yeah and um and later on he started working for chevron and he, he retired a, a year or two ago and and um but he was we just kind of started talking about hunting around the same time. And he's like, you know, I really would love to do that. And I'd love to do it with you. Um, he'd love to do it with his son, my brother-in-law, but it's just not for him. Um, and so there was a conversation at a wedding he went to about an antelope, antelope hunt in Wyoming and a bunch of his brother-in-laws were all on board and wanted to do it and became like this guy's family trip. And, uh, I was the youngest one and, basically decided to jump on board and got my hunter safety and bought a rifle because it was going to be a rifle hunt um and it was a guided hunt in wyoming and just jumped in and we went and did it and i think i had more fun just stalking in on the antelope to just see how close i can get to him and the guy that i had there was really cool and he's like i think you would really like bow hunting if you wanted to go that route um and uh anyway that was a great hunt got an antelope brought it home and we've been eating it all year my wife loves it my kids love it um antelope some of the best wild game oh man it's 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 so so good good. yeah i mean anything you're providing for your family you know when we bring home fish and make pokey bowls for the kids and they're (laughs) just stoked or you make a sea bass cheek and they're just ripping it apart um it's it's the best feeling you know and so uh then he was doing the bow thing and i had the rifle and he's like you got to get a bow and so i was like okay so i was Peer a little late yeah. i was a little late to the game and then um yeah now we we kind of get out to the range and this is our first hunt together um and uh we already have some good stories <laughs> right <laughs> right yeah i mean for you guys what has it been like because you're business partners as well. I guess, well, why don't you introduce yourself and you as well and so people kind of know who you are and if you want to talk about your business, we can totally talk about your business. Yep. But yes. I understand some people aren't into that. So, um, My name is Aaron Shintaku. And um, yeah, we, me and Ryan own a photo studio in Costa Mesa called Wolf Camp Studios. And that's kind of a, our, um, our main studio and then we have a photography business called foxes and wolves that uh we run through there um but yeah yeah we've been partners eight years um and uh and you're ryan hack um and yeah we've been partners and the studio we market to other photographers and brands so they can just rent it out for the day like an airbnb type thing and and use it and come and shoot um, but then we bring in a handful of clients on our own and we just shoot there as well. Um, so it's been a good space. It's right next to John Wayne airport. Um, and it's been a great fun time. Um, we have a lot of good community in Costa Mesa. And so we've had creative meetings at the studio, like basically start off, we would do coffee and donuts on Wednesday mornings and have local, um, business owners come over and just talk shop and like, Hey, what are you doing about this? What are you doing about that? And, um, it slowly started growing. And then we basically had a speaker come once and, or two of the girls that are graphic designers said, Hey, we'll speak. And then 50 people showed up and now it's become like a full on, 
um, event called Connecting Things. And so it's just been a fun space to just get people together, whether it's for photo shoots, whether it's ping pong tournaments or um, community. gatherings, community, yeah. all that stuff, you know? So for you guys in building that, and obviously it became about the community, what has that been like? I mean, it's 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 great to, to bring... I mean, Ryan's Cause that's like, like the it all sounds like you're building an amazing network inside your immediate local community. And that doesn't happen often these days. It yeah. is cool to, you know, you know, we go to our local coffee shop or whatever. It's like, you know, that owner of that coffee shop, you know, you know, and that's, that's cool to know business owners in your community and support them. You know, even like when coronavirus is happening and everyone's shut down, like if I'm going to buy coffee, I'm going to buy it from my friend's coffee shop, you know, cause mm -hmm. it, and it's, it's cool to support each other in that way or, um, you know, meeting people and that are in doing, doing what you're doing, you know, everybody's trying to be a business. It, yeah. And, and I think there's just plenty of work down there too. So it's not as cutthroat as like, if I can't do this job, I'm going to send it to you, yeah. you know? And, um, I mean, the like coffee shops, for instance, there's like literally 50 of them now, I feel like, in Costa Mesa. They're all small, independent ones, but they all support each other and like kind of like try to like be Defer. a yeah, yeah, like, you know. They're and, being and, a network of coffee. And even with photographers and videographers, I mean, we're constantly referring friends of ours and our friends are coming to shoot in our studio and it's just, it's it's good, you know. We're not trying to hoard everything, I think. And I think when you have that kind of mentality, then you kind of pull yourself out of like the bigger picture, you know? Um, so. Well, and I think that doing that is so much more beneficial to everybody as a whole. Yeah. Um, there is, at least, you know, in the industry I'm involved in, and, you know, uh, which is the uh, outdoor hunting space and all yeah. that, you know? Um, you do not find people helping each other. You do not. F I mean, a little bit, yeah. but only if everybody's the same brand, right? Like right. you don't find people, you know, from this company helping people right. from this company, helping people from that company. It's like, oh, you work with that company. We can't work with you. We can't mm. support you. You know what I mean? We yeah. can't have anything to do with you because obviously there's tribal rivalry between everything and, and, uh, that's it has been interesting to kind of learn as we've been getting into this kind of world and it's new to us and stuff. It's, it's tribalism. You hear, you, well, you just hear like people preaching, Oh, we need more hunters. We need, you know what I mean? But at the same time, making it very difficult. Dude, the hunting industry in itself, in my opinion, is fucking everything up for the new hunters that want to come in and try stuff. And they're doing it for the love and passion of the outdoors. Cause on the outside for all hunters, it is everybody loves the outdoors and all about the outdoors mm -hmm. and on the inside everybody fucking hates each other and wants to rip each other's ideas off and mm -hmm. you know yeah which is it's jacked yeah. it's totally jacked and ass backwards yeah you know but we i mean we're we're really enjoying it a little <laughs> bit though i mean at least meeting people like jeff from silverware and some of these brands that I mean, we come from the skate and surf industry down there, and mm -hmm. it's just kind of cool seeing some of these brands develop and kind of use that. Um, well, Jeff's a great that, guy. Their man. background, just yeah. quality human, totally. You know, and and every experience I've ever had with Jeff has always been positive. From you know the first time I met him three and a half years ago till now, he's just always been a stand-up guy. Yeah, which is which is pretty neat. You know. Yeah. Yeah. They're. All that said, there's definitely good people in the in the industry. Absolutely. As, as well. Oh, I yeah, mean, I'm not. Know. I, yeah, I mean, right. I for sure took major blows at the hunting industry. That <laughs> yeah, no worries. Hear about. <laughs> but you're in, you're like we're just outsiders coming in. Yeah. Like, what's this about? You know? It's, yeah. You're immersed. Oh, totally. It's the same with us and our. It's like once you're immersed in it, you love bitching about it. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's part of it. So, what was it like getting involved in hunters' education and taking that first step into becoming? Um, a certified hunter in the state of California because in California you kind of run into that conundrum of people being like oh you hunt I can't right. I, I, that's you kill animals I can't have anything to do with that you know was there a wall there for you guys at all or not really I mean I grew up 
in the outdoors too, you know, so we grew up fishing. There was never like a weirdness, but there is a weirdness about, I think, your business, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. I, I'm a, I 100%, you know, I, I respect everyone's opinion on the matter. And if you got, if it's not your thing, then I'm not going to put it in your face, you know what I mean? Um, so we're, we're careful in that sense where, you know, it's, I'm not going to lose my main client over hunting you know what i mean like i understand you know it's mm -hmm. not it's not we're, we're i don't feel like weird saying i'm a hunter i'm proud to be a hunter that's fine but you know i'm not at the same time i'm not gonna be like bashing people for that don't get it or you know yeah. what i mean or i think we just have to be delicate somewhat in the way it's being put out there you presented. know on, on presented on social media and so that's why yeah, I, uh, you know, it's just I, so dangerous now. Anyway, just social media in general. It's just not a good way to have conversations. <laughs> you know what I mean? And unfortunately, that's how everybody's having their conversations. Yeah. You know, we've and, t we've taken the 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 person out of the you know sitting on a table together talking is completely different than typing. You know, typing behind a keyboard. Behind where a you're keyboard. Protected. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, you brought up a really good point, which was. Um, trying not to put it out in front of people's faces uh, that maybe don't like it and maybe that's your best client, you know, mm -hmm. and you don't want them to see it. You don't want, you know, the, uh, you want to respect their boundary, right? And yeah. what that brings me to is, and I've talked about this before, is prior to social media, if you wanted to see something about hunting, you were looking at a hunting magazine. You right. were looking at Outdoor Life, California Outdoor Magazine, you know, something along those lines. You weren't going through your social media feed and following an owner of a company and then being like, oh, wait a minute, that guy hunts? Right. And here's a picture with him and a dead animal? Mm -hmm. You know, so it's... There's, there's such a fine line, I think, that happens there where things can be presented in a presentable manner right yeah right um i'm not you know i don't believe that we need to get rid of trophy photos or you know the you know the the posing photo you know because you guys can sit here and you know i mean your experience this morning you you were out on a hunt you missed you you know you took a shot on the stock and you missed mm -hmm. and that's part of hunting but for you if you were successful tonight or tomorrow before the end of the hunt like and you take that trophy photo for you in that trophy photo is so much more than just trophy photo with an animal it's the blown so, stock yeah, oh yeah it's you it's know all the work it's you to out get there. there shooting 50 arrows yeah. from when you came back to now just to make sure that you're confident and you're on and everything is good there's mm -hmm. there's so much more in the image for you which is the story that doesn't get told in the image on social media then hey i'm super excited i just shot a pig or my first pig or my 50th pig or whatever it is yeah you know it's such a that's where i think it gets lost because now it's forced in everybody's face no matter what right yeah you know if they choose to follow you and what you post or maybe not what you post all the time but every now and then there'll be a hunting photo you run the risk of someone seeing that and mm -hmm. not wanting to have to do business with you or you yeah. know something along those lines i mean really out of our friends we're the only two you know i mean there's a small little club down there that's really trying to like create awareness and do these some wild game dinners and stuff like that and it's gaining traction and becoming really cool but and this is in costa mesa uh, yeah what's the club called um, it's called windward westward um quail club and it's uh, a buddy of ours who runs a surfboard shop um, and called Almond. And he uh, just, he loves outdoors and he loves hunting and wild game too. And so he's wanting to introduce more people to it. And so there's been some really fun dinners. Um, the camaraderie at those dinners man, has just got to awesome. be through the roof. I mean, we're in Costa Mesa, we're eating elk, and guys are bringing bloop and tuna, yellowtail, you know, yeah. and, and it's just... Well, the angling community down there is so robust. Oh, yeah. The yeah. so guys are spearfishing. Yeah. It's just been great. And um, Well, I mean, how far are you from uh, Dana Point? 
We're like 30 minutes. Not far. So, yeah. and they're they're chartering boats. They're going oh, yeah. way out. Dude. Yeah, down in Mexico. Yeah, and, and they're crushing sure. fish. So mm-hmm. the amount yeah. of fish that you get, along with wild game, because I know that there's a large SCI community down in that area as well. So, you know, I mean, yeah. I couldn't imagine that. It's it's. I mean, I know there's more hunters down there. Like we just don't know them. You know, a good. Um, we actually ran into one of my buddies who's a great spear fisherman at the bow range the other day and he didn't i didn't even think about telling him i got a bow and he was like kind of shocked like we were there and he was like wait what, what you, what's going on <laughs> welcome to the world yeah <laughs> and he's like let's talk after this weekend you know um and catch up and so that's cool and and those guys are down there and i know there's a lot of really great guys i'm sure um it's just out of our friend group it's kind of a new conversation that we're having with people and it's it's interesting you know they're like so what are you doing like you know what you know they don't understand Mm -hmm. at all you know and so so for you guys getting ready for this hunt we're out on a hunt with charles whitwam charles on shadow track adventures what was that i i I would assume that don probably hipped you to it a little bit or yeah we we were talking about we actually normally for father's day we do a surf trip to Mexico and, and Don comes with us and uh, because of the virus thing, we, it just wasn't a good time, you know, to go down there. So we kind of threw it together last minute and Donnie was like, let me call her around, you know, and he's like, we should like go two weeks ago. Yeah. It was really last minute. And uh, yeah, he, he's like, we should go here. I heard this is, this, this is a good trip. So yeah, we just jumped at it, you know, and you guys were on pigs last night. I kind of got in a little late last night cause I got, stuck up in petaluma for a bit but you guys were on pigs last night yeah I, well donnie had mo- most donnie of the action had last a night. really good action he was crawling with you down there yeah there was like what, 30, 30 pigs yeah. or something um and we were up on a hill and we saw them all scatter out but donnie <laughs> like was waiting for one to pass through a tree line so he could take a shot and he just didn't have the shot um and then I saw one later that night, but I was in a stand and I couldn't see. I was waiting for him to hit a break, and then he the wind changed and he took off. Smelled you? Yeah. That's crazy. But that was cool. It's just hearing him come down, the footsteps, and you know, like, it's on, you know? So for you, and in that situation was your heart just pounding out of your chest well i was sitting there for an hour and a half and nothing was happening (laughs) (laughs) just like frick i wish i had service i could do like something i wish i could cruise instagram what do i i'm like am i supposed to get down from the stand right now like should i start walking around he said the wind blows in circles down there so just stay in place and i had all these thoughts going running through my head of what i should do and i'm like you know what just stay here it was a hot day yesterday, and so it was cooling off later and later as it was getting darker. And I'm like, you know, I believe him. Like, there's they're gonna come down this hill, and then sure enough. But then earlier we saw 30, and so I'm like, okay, here one. Is there five more coming? I don't know. You know, <laughs> <laughs> just uh, so so many questions, thoughts are racing through my head, and then you know, um, that was cool, and then. Yeah, last night was really fun. What do you think about this lodge? Oh, it's insane. It's I mean, insane. this is, talk about a prime hunting lodge. I've been to a lot of hunting lodges in my life. This is nice. Yeah, I saw the picture of this one. There's a pool table in here. Yeah. <laughs> Air conditioning. Air showers. It's yeah. really sweet. Yeah, yeah, and it's roomy. Yeah. It's spacious. Totally. And then bonus trip, you came down and cooked us. Oh, the flip-flop. flip-flop. Oh, yeah. about that? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so what did you guys think about that? That was insane. Even... It, yeah. Well, that was a surprise because you know Donnie, um, mm-hmm. and he told us like literally two days ago. He's like, "Hey, I think my buddy might come down to camp and do this flip flop for us," and kind of just I, we didn't know and sent us some of your posts and it got it got us fired up. We, yeah, we were yeah. Sad, you know, good. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm looking forward to tonight. Yeah, tonight we'll do some wild boar sausage and. Uh, you know, we'll we'll throw another Barbados leg on, which I feel like that Barbados leg is perfect for, you know, there's what, six six of us total. It fed all perfect. of us. There's yeah. a little bit of meat left. Mm-hmm. You know, what? it wasn't, you know, an ungodly amount of meat where you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Meat sweats, yeah. two pounds of meat per person. I got to like, keep going. Yeah. 
No, it was perfect. I yeah. mean, that's it's I back home part of like our friends and group and community or whatever is like just getting together and doing dinners and stuff like that. We host a huge Thanksgiving dinner every year, like 65, 70 people come. Um, it's it's a blast. And so hunting, I just feel like was a natural segue into like, oh, getting food, cooking, providing food, love making, you know, brought bread here to camp, sourdough bread. Dude, and, he um, makes some amazing bread, bro. Yeah. And just amazing bread. It's just fun, right? To share. And you're like yeah. stoked to bring food and hunting, like everyone's bringing backstrap and i brought antelope and so we're all just like well and it kind of goes into the sense of almost i want to say hey you guys got your start in business which is the sense of community yeah you know and 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 bringing those around you together you know in likeness of mind to try to help each other yeah you know and and have a good time and laugh and you know and enjoy what we're building yeah you know and, and uh it's pretty amazing, and and I think this in California more so in the last few years than, um, you know, the ten or fifteen years before that. Um, I feel like hunting is making more of a comeback, in the sense of there is a lot more people getting involved in it for the food aspect. Yeah, uh, maybe not for all over the place, but I I feel like in California. There's a huge movement of people that want to have the experience of killing their own food, mm -hmm. knowing where their food comes from. You know, I mean, after you look at all these stories with like oh, yeah. meat glue and, you know, Factory weird farming. steaks being, you know, put together and pressed and yeah, factory farming, slaughterhouse, you know, all that kind of stuff. I feel like there's kind of a little bit more of a push for people that maybe didn't come from families of hunters, you know, tradi the traditional American, you know, um, hunting background yeah. uh, to get into it and check it out yeah. and maybe have a better understanding of it. Would you guys say for you it's it's similar? Would you agree with that? or? Oh, I think so, for sure. I think it's um, – there's, for some reason, a stigma that game meat isn't good. Yeah. For, mm -hmm. And I don't I – don't, I mean, even my wife, this is like a full departure for her. Like, she's, like, she'll, if I don't tell her it's game meat, she'll, she'll eat it, it and be, it's amazing. But as soon as she knows it's game meat, she starts getting like, was it good? Like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, you know? Like, there's, and I don't know where that stigma came from. It just You just hear, oh, it's gamey, right? Like, that was the thing. Mm -hmm. But, man, anybody in the world there's that had that, had that flip-flop, Russ, if you said that that did not taste good, yeah. you were lying to yourself because that was amazing right dude yeah. i've seen vegans vegetarians people that haven't eaten meat in you know double digits of years that have been they've watched me do it and they've been like all right i'm just gonna try one piece yeah and then they don't yeah they try like 10 <laughs> right you know yeah. what i mean and and they fall in love with it and they're like if i was gonna eat meat this is how i'd be doing it i can't believe that it could taste this good and right. be this delicious yeah you know it's it's a it's pretty neat because it's like a it's a spectacle and it's also delicious yeah, yeah it's not just like a spectacle and cool to see and like it's all right it's like actually you know amazing food yeah you know but that's cool when yeah. you so when you get a bottle that uh that marinade it's almost so done get, so we can buy it's it. almost done i think i should have it uh ready for sale um i was shooting for what are we? We're in June 20th. So I was shooting to be able to release it on July 1st. And after this last week, um, the formula needed some adjusting, which might put me a week back. So I might, you know, go to, to mid-July or even August 1st. Mm -hmm. But that's the... How's that been for you? Like trying to learn how to bottle a sauce? Well, so I originally started bottling it a while back. Okay. Um, kind of bathtub style yeah just on yeah. your own yeah, yeah on my own you know like bathtub gin and yeah all that kind of stuff um and and hooking people up with that and uh it worked it worked really well um i spoke with a lot of people about how to do it and do it correctly um you know and, and using the right style of kitchen and everything like that um 
really interesting. I mean, the, the biggest thing that I was scared about about doing it myself, obviously, is botulism uh -huh. and uh, killing some folks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, and I successfully, I think I bottled maybe 25 gallons. Cool. And uh, successfully got nobody sick. Yeah. And there's none left. So yeah. that's and really we'll, good news. Do you put a shelf life on that? Um, so, I mean, I would say that the shelf life on the bottles when they come out will probably be about a year. Okay. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's all freeze-dried. Oh, cool. Um, that's that's the biggest thing when you're bottling product is yeah. making sure that you're not using anything fresh. Yeah. Um, so no water is right. getting inside the bottle and creating bacteria. And Has it been hard to recreate that recipe with freeze-dried versus? I was really nervous about it at first, and I would say that so when people have me come out and cook for them, um, I'll, I'll usually make a fresh batch right. from all fresh ingredients um, for, that, for that trip. However, uh, you wouldn't know the difference. You would, I yeah. would know the difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 99% yeah, yeah, yeah. of people, my dad would know the difference. Right. Mm, my dad, yeah. you know, he'd, he'd for sure be able to call me on my tomfoolery but um for the most part yeah. it's it's pretty spot on and and uh and really really fucking good dude yeah you know yeah we gotta yeah. get some of that it's insane yeah as soon as as soon as the website's laid out um i'll let you guys know there'll be i'm sure some sort of huge social media push sure, for it sure getting it structured and built out and that's that's the part like I think the most difficult part for me right now is getting all that stuff built out and lined up and and ready to go while I'm also constantly on the road and never yeah. home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a yeah. fucking nightmare. Yeah. You know, but it'll happen. Totally. Yeah, it's happening. I should say. Um do you have any advice for us as kind of still new hunters as what we're doing and and kind of like words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. <laughs> you should use your rangefinder more than. Yeah, you know, get a lanyard for your rangefinder. <laughs> that might help because yeah. you could just let it go instead of. I mean, you could have dropped that rangefinder. What kind well, of rangefinder you use? I don't. It was one that he gave me. We were, oh, put it on me. It's all his fault. Business. Well, they don't know the story. There's a reason we that should I tell the story I guess, yeah. uh, from this morning. Um, basically, we we stalked in. We knew this pig was over in this area, and um, we were we were like two miles away. I feel like and. We're just like, we got to get over here. And um, so we started running. I'm telling Aaron to pick up the pace, you know, <laughs> or we're like, like, um, we're, we're, we're jamming over there. And then I was kind of in front and he looked back at me. And he's like knocking. I, I think he's right over there and knock an arrow and start walking towards that tree. And um, the wind was right. Everything was right. And I start walking up. And I saw this one last night in the same area, literally pick up my scent and just run, you know? So I was like, this is going to happen really quick. Even though the wind was right, I think in just my mind, like, I need to make this quick. I ranged him once, but I was really low, caught some brush up front, and um, I just didn't even, I was just like, just was going through the steps in my head. and basically was outside of like wait that's not that yardage you know and i just pulled back and it pulled great draw everything was spot on controlled my breathing took the shot and it just hit dirt and it was just did you fall short or did you go right underneath it uh weak i think it fell short maybe two feet in front of him um and just like he didn't even know what was going on you know so and he just Ran off, did a little jump in front of me just to like. <laughs> so, so in that you you used a rangefinder. I used a rangefinder. And in the wonderful video that Charles oh, posted yeah, on yeah. his Instagram. <laughs> yeah, this is actually all I the have, video. If I you had guys a pocket to put it back into, but I was just I like, 
They saw I, you try for I it. I tried it, and I was like, this isn't working. And I just threw it down. And then I took two more steps and pulled back. <laughs> so I was like, I'm not going to let fidgeting this rangefinder back in. Although I still think if I would have put it in my pocket, I would have ranged him again at that moment because I was already committed. committed. Which once I stood up, if I would have ranged him, I probably would have saw he was at a different yardage and then nailed him. But then so when we came back here, I came... Just like, let me see where my 35's at. And it was like, <laughs> dead. Like, so I just knew. I was like, failed hunting attempts make a better hunter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going, this whole hunt, it came together last minute. But for us as new hunters, it was such, it's just having a guide and going through this and just making these mistakes here on a pig. I feel like we're heading to Idaho in um, the fall and it's going to, save me hopefully i'll probably make another mistake there too but probably a lot yeah mistakes, <laughs> probably yeah. a lot more but um i'm hoping like that one is gonna be like embedded in my head you mm -hmm. know and so um but we're gonna get back on them tonight so that would be one thing that i would recommend right and and you're going into your into a field you know in, into idaho are you guys mule deer hunting and elk hunting just elk hunting elk and mule deer yeah so you got double tags Remember that when you're going into that hunt, every failure is a success. Yeah. Right? Don't ever look at a failure as a 100% failure. There's a reason why you failed. What's the reason? And what can you do next time to ensure that that mistake doesn't happen again? Yeah. Right? And that's just like when you go into uh, a, a photo shoot. How many mistakes have you made to get to where you guys are now? Right. You yeah. know what I mean? How much... How much shit have you learned along the way, you know, to get to where you are now? And, and every in the field experience, even for me still this, to this day, and I've been hunting, you know, since I was of legal age to hunt. Yeah. I was 12 in California. Um, every hunt, there's always something to learn. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And just be receptive to that. Yeah. You know, and, and and don't get discouraged because the biggest thing and the, one of the easiest things, like my first 10 years of hunting, I never killed an animal. Never. I think my first eight years, I never saw a legal buck. You know what I mean? That's eight years wow. of hunting. Yeah. And no legal animal. You just got to keep going, dude. Yeah, and like yeah. you, and, and I'll... Just because I know a little bit about your past, I, uh -huh. I know that you're probably more of a grinder than somebody else. Uh -huh. You know, like, dude, you can grind that out. Yeah. Eight years is cakewalk. Yeah. Compared to, you know, just for hunting. Yeah. You know, I mean, and that's where I think it can be easy to get wrapped up in the, like, oh, just it, be grateful to be in the outdoors and be grateful for everything else that we're seeing, you know. I mean, that rock... They weren't with us when we saw the rock today, were they? No. I was with Don. Um, today we were driving around, and, and Hudson was like, oh, i got to show you guys this rock. This thing's it's the sickest rock you've ever seen in your life. And we, like, drive up to it, and it's like a 10-ton fucking boulder on top of a mountain of rocks, and it's literally being held up by two points. It's, it's resting on the bottom rock by two different spots and they're both about as big as an iPhone. You can see clearer <laughs> underneath the rock all around it like yeah. you know there's there's so much air and space around it except for two little spots. Yeah. And you look at this rock and you're like dude, how did this even happen? Yeah. Like what made this big ass boulder right sit on these little rocks? Yeah. And it just sits there fine. You know? And everything is balanced on two points that are the size of an iPhone. Like yeah. That just doesn't make sense, you know. And, and uh, yeah, that's cool. That's that's like, I mean, that's it's not even about necessarily. Obviously, you're out there on a mission to be successful, but just being out there is just the experience. Yeah, totally. Like I have just as much fun putting the stock on and them blowing out of there i mean i that's like i come back jacked on that you know well, and if you're going elk hunting like don't expect to get into elk mm -hmm. 
don't expect to have screaming bulls come in. Don't expect to get into a group of cows. Right. It's like icing on the cake. You know, if if you put expectations on that and you start, you know, and you've got eight days, mm-hmm. like, unless you've got 30 days, you know, and you're moving around a lot to find them. Yeah. You know, like, don't expect anything. Go out there for the experience. And then when you do get in that in that herd and you do find elk and you've got elk bugling back, because I guarantee you, you're either going to call an elk to you because you guys are archery hunting, right? Yeah. You're going to either call an elk to you and you're going to find out that it's a man or a man is going to call you into him. Right. Thinking, <laughs> and you're going to think that that's a bull and you're going to. You know, it's going to happen at least totally. once. Yeah. yeah. You know, so just remember the, the experience. And what do you yeah. do when you meet that? that man? <laughs> <laughs> you fucking say, hey, dude, you're a great elk caller. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you sound just like I an elk. I appreciate you. <laughs> shake their hand. You're probably saying the same thing. Maybe right? don't shake their hand because of coronavirus. Yeah, right. but, you know. So, gotten into hunting. What's it been like building your business? What's it like doing advertisement? And it's just one, really just one foot in front of the other. We're, we're very like, we don't have like a master plan three years out. You know, we just try to be good to our clients. We try to do the best work we can, you know, and it's, it's paid off for us and we've slowly grown. It's been, you know, it's not this like rocket ship overnight and we've been just been at it for a while and, um, we just try to be good to people and they come back, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I would, it's, it's just, it's been a really fun run, you know, um, yeah, I just, I, I think that's just it. We just try to do good work, you know, there's a lot of work sometimes that it's just, you know, maybe not the funnest or the sexiest project that you think <laughs> would like yeah. when you think of photo- like everyone thinks like oh you're a photographer that's so cool like what do you what do you yeah. do where do you travel like you know and, and we get to work with some amazing cool brands and er, in, in the end everyone we work with we love um but sometimes they're just like hey i need paper shot you know or i need this we've literally shot know? like paper calendars before mm-hmm. and it's like it's just that day was just work and some days you just got to go to work yeah you just gotta show up and get it done you know just gotta do it yeah Yeah. it's just work everyone has to work and some days it's doesn't feel like work and some days yeah we're just gonna knock this out and some days it's a lot of work yeah (laughs) yeah and then other days you may be not getting paid anything but you're like this is fun man you know like if, if you were telling 14 or 15 year olds myself that you'd be shooting skate decks or doing stuff in the skate or surf industry you would have been like stoked out of your mind you know and um now it's tedious no no I mean, no, it's, no that's <laughs> still the fun stuff it's it's just yeah, like, yeah. Dude, we just do don't it. make any money doing yeah. stuff. <laughs> you know it's 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 just it's a blast you know um so we just we we love it um yeah we got a good space it's close to our house and we're able to be uh available for our families and stuff too you know yeah i mean that's we've kind of had plenty of conversations on like how do we grow this thing bigger and bring in more people and but at the end of the day we it's like we love the freedom we have you know mm-hmm. like we can go do this a 10-day idaho trip you know and the, we don't have we don't have to be micromanaging anyone back home and get a vacation yeah like it's nice being your own boss man yeah the freedom the freedom is comes with with stress for sure you know um because you literally it's on you you know but the freedom is where it's at you know yeah. you gotta work for freedom yeah 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 and in the, and especially in the beginning like when we first started out we, it, i mean it seemed like way more work don't you think like just shooting like yeah way crappier clients and it was a lot less fun. you learn a lot like you said you, you learn, learn yeah. a lot along the way yeah we've gotten to the point where now we're we we know pretty much how to do anything that comes our way you know so it became easier because we 
in the beginning we had to learn how to do all those things you know we had to learn how to light for this specific thing now if someone a client could show for the reference like this is what we're looking for and we're like oh yeah we're gonna use this lighting setup this we already or know we can but uh quote it properly quote it properly yeah we know what it takes to achieve that you know mm-hmm. it's gonna that may look really simple to you client but that's actually gonna take like four hours to set up that one shot you know and educating the client now on what it's gonna take and so do you charge hourly rates or day rates or primarily we work on a day rate day yeah. rate yeah, yeah. and um it, it the scope of work changes quite a bit you know like there's little stuff that pops up that hey we're not booked we'll we'll we can knock that thing out in two hours whatever and you have know. fun with it have fun with it but like if it's like a, f- a real brand or someone coming from an agency it's gonna get that kind of attention you know yeah right yeah. on so in every podcast there's a part called the dead eye minute Okay. And this is this is going to be the dead eye minute, and it's sometimes a fun question, sometimes not a fun question, meaning it's serious. Okay. Um, and for you guys both, I guess you're you're both dads, mm-hmm. right? So my dead eye question for you guys, and dead eyes, they make hats and T-shirts. They're not like a camo brand company. They'd be like DC or something like that apparel. Cool. Okay. Um, my question for you guys would be, as parents, are you going to pass the torch to your children and and still ethical outdoorsmen's lives, what it, what it means to be an ethical outdoorsman to them? Go ahead. Uh, yeah, 100%. My two boys are chomping at the bits to get their hunter safety. And, and so during this COVID thing, with them being able to do it all online, online. Um, we're kind of looking at it as a good opportunity. Um, my, the boys are, uh, 13 and nine and my girls are, um, seven and five. So, um, a hundred percent. I mean, that's my plan. You know, um, the girls, if I would hope they want to get into it, you know, they're a little different. Um, but right now the boys have so much interest or fishing and loving that. Um, actually my daughter river, she loves fishing too. So, um, yeah, it may, maybe for her, it's just fishing, you know, and I'll be stoked on that, but that's my plan. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to. I mean, my, I have a son and a daughter and, um, I'd for sure love to get my son into it, you know, and you know, if they want to, if my daughter wants to, my mom, my daughter's a lot like her mother. So she's just you're gonna eat a pig that's weird i'm like you eat bacon pretty much every day <laughs> you eat pigs too yeah. honey. <laughs> um, but no i would love it i mean it, they wanted to get into it man 100 percent, you know um and it's cool too for us because i feel like we're paving a new way you know like an opportunity like you guys grew up with you just didn't know any different you always grew up hunting right mm-hmm. like that's just was in your family culture and i love that that's an avenue that if we're old farts down the way and our boys can be in a lodge like this chasing pigs and we're telling stories of these moments you know that's that's awesome right yeah um yeah. so that'd be amazing right on yeah right on so how can people look you guys up what can they do to find you uh so our our photography business is foxes and wolves and we're on instagrams uh, underscore foxes and wolves and then the studio is uh wolf camp studios um and you can yeah. find us at wolfcampstudios.com yeah nice that's it nice so as far as california hunting goes uh-huh are you guys going to be spending a lot of time chasing deer in california we're trying to figure that out right now um we just got our ao tags for the season so an AO tag is probably like one of the most amazing tags for California. Right. Yeah. It's a six month long season. Yeah. You know, it starts coming up in, in, you know, three weeks. Yeah. You know, two weeks now, I think it will, it's probably, I think like 17 days from today. Did you get one? Did I get an AO tag? Yeah. Yes. I got an AO tag. I will have an AO tag. I get one every single year. It's, yeah. That's my first tag that I was trying to fill. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. We're just trying to figure out because we we have families you know trying to figure out the most efficient way for us to get into 
some areas that, you know, it's not going to be a full three day, you know, Mm -hmm. trying to find zones that we can pop up for a day or two. Drive in and go hunt. Yeah. You know, and especially coming out of SoCal, trying to figure that out and what that looks like. Totally. So we've been kind of just scouting around doing some e-scouting stuff and are you guys using any programs or we've been using onyx and how do you like that so far i mean that, i think it's super cool yeah i mean when i hunted i hunted b-zone with don last year it was amazing like because i was in a whole new zone terrain and we were just kind of dropping into drainages that are super thick and just being able to track my like all right, where, where's the truck now? You know? <laughs> How did I yeah. get out of yeah. here? Three hours later, I'm like, oh, I went pretty far, you know? Yeah. You're like, wait a minute. Yeah. This isn't where I'm so supposed to be. So I thought it was amazing for that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's just fun looking. We've been just studying the maps and, you know, because we're new. And, you know, a lot of people keep their information pretty tight to the chest, which... It's um, just like fishermen, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like you got to put in your work, you know? You got to start, well, okay, that looks like a good area we need to go check that out you know and start pre-scouting and figuring it out and that's the fun part right and and i think for me i took my boys out the other day and we just drove around and gave them the binos and let them like kind of glass hills and we didn't see anything at all but and we weren't out there at the right time but i just needed to know what the roads were like like i didn't know could you drive in there or not yeah and and so i was like what what does this look like you know um and so it's already creating opportunities for me to just like hey guys jump in the car let's go for a drive you know mm-hmm. and so donnie even was like that's what you need to do you know just go put your feet on the ground and start looking around checking it out yeah right on i'm, I'm after idaho what do you guys have planned that's the only one that's kind of like on the books you know mm-hmm. um so yeah, we'll What's see. What's a bucket list hunt? The Idaho one, honestly. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, oh really? I, I, just chasing elk to me is like, dude, it'd be awesome. You know, pinnacle right there. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, that just seems so fun. Um, so just trying to, you know, we don't got like a ton, a ton of free passes from the family to be gone for, you know, <laughs> ten days at, ten a, time. Days at a time. Yeah. Um, also with work too, you know, especially now trying to ramp things back up. To, I, now think, that we're open, I, but. I think you would say an axis deer hunt. And oh yeah. I would, I would love to do that. Hunt. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Those things are so cool looking. Well, I think um, you get both worlds. You can spearfish dive be in yeah, the water sir. and then hit like go chase deer. Axis deer and pigs and mm-hmm. yeah. All kinds of animals. they all their goats and everything like that. Yeah. I was I was in Hawaii a couple of months right before COVID hit and I was going to I was with a group that was none of them, we were with our wives and all that and we were holed up in like Marriott and I was just like I need to get out of here and I was like ready to go like I'm just going to go do this pig hunt and it's the ones where they ch- trap them and you st- you know mm-hmm. get on them and stab them. Um the opportunity didn't work out for that one but I was pretty close and so i don't know I, I, right now i feel like every hunt is kind of a new experience but i don't feel like we we're still so new it's like you hear about rams or jeff talks about like shooting rams and and, and it seems like that's like a pinnacle which those hunts look grueling and like pretty tough and awesome and also like what sixty thousand dollars or something <laughs> for california if you wanted to hunt desert sheep in california yeah, yeah, you didn't yeah. draw a tag yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, if you if you're looking at buying the unit specific tag is usually sixty to eighty. That's crazy. And if you're buying the governor's tag, you're looking at like probably one hundred and twenty five to one hundred and fifty. Oh my gosh! But it's a write off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, so if you guys ever have a benchmark year and you need a good write off, you yeah. buy it into your company's name. There you go. Yep. You know, or you guys go buy two open zone deer tags and raffles, right? Yeah. You go buy those for seventeen and a half thousand a piece, or uh, no, an open zone tag's probably more in the ballpark, twenty five. You know, so you go buy the the open zone tag, and you guys can go do open zone deer hunting together, which basically means you can hunt the entire state from the beginning of July until December thirty first. Wow, jeez! And you get fifty thousand dollars in tax write offs. <laughs> I kind of need that fifty thousand right now. So. <laughs> right, we all do shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> seriously. You know, it's pretty neat. Auction tags are—it's a crazy world with auction tags, and 
um, what you can get. Yeah, pretty, that's cool. Yeah, it's a pretty cool thing. So for wh sure. Why, why do they start auctioning them off? What's the purpose of that? Uh, generating revenue. Mm, okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, excess revenue. Or not excess, but more, I would say. Do they find the same people tend to bid on those auction tags? I, I think there's actually one guy, and I don't know if it still holds true, but he's bought a governor's tag every year for four or five, maybe six years in a row. Wow. Um, it's a lot of money in California. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of money in California. People forget that. Mm-hmm. You know, people look at the hunting community of California and they're like, nah. you know, but then you come out here and you realize that, oh, yeah, this is California. It's kind of a sleeping giant. Yeah. When it comes to finance. Oh, totally. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, man. Right on. Well, thank you guys so much for taking an hour in the down part of the day. Oh, thank you, man. This is awesome. It's great. You know, and uh, sharing your experience and, and kind of what's been going on and getting into hunting from an outside perspective yeah for sure you thank know? you yeah Thanks. hopefully we'll get into the the pigs tonight yeah we will for <laughs> sure thanks for tuning into the show folks if you'd like to check us out online our website is www.theflipflopguide.co you can find out all the information you need to have your own flip-flop in your own backyard we encourage this and we'd love to see this happening in every backyard across america you can purchase our sauces that have been cranking out flip-flops from my grandfather since the 1960s. If you had trouble filling your tags this year, we also have available on our website Maui Nui Axis Deer Legs. They're 100% USDA approved and ready for your consumption. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at the flip flop guy. We hope you have a great day. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to smash that subscribe button.